Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. I'm going to answer a few questions that came in, and then I'm going to go back here and look at the questions on both Instagram and uh, Facebook. So put your question in as I'm going through. Uh, One of the questions that came in, I want to throw out there first a big disclaimer. Um, I'm not giving medical advice, okay? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physician. I encourage everyone to talk to their physician before alter uh, altering uh, their lifestyle through diet and fasting and things like that. Because if you're on medication, that can play a role. Um, and you'd want to tell your doctor, you know, here's what doing, will you help me? Or do you have some advice? If you ask them, hey, I'm thinking of a, a prolonged fast, they're probably going to tell you no, because the medical industry uh, is only ha- only has about six hours in training in nutrition, how the body works. So, um, but again, disclaimer wise, you want to definitely talk to them. So spiritually speaking, that's the goal. Spiritually speaking, that is the goal. Um, prayer and fasting are like a spiritual weapon. It's the one, two punch. What it does is you're starving the flesh. And once you're starving the flesh, you're saying no to the flesh as just a result of that, that bodily discipline, uh, it allows you to experience a more fullness of the spirit. And I know that by experience without a shadow of a doubt. Also, we, we see throughout the Bible that Paul was in prayers and fasting. Fastings often. Jesus fasted to begin his ministry. The disciples fasted uh, before they chose uh, some new disciples and they fasted to get to, to understand God's will. Nehemiah fasted for uh, direction and going before the king and rebuilding the wall. Ezra fasted in order to receive protection. Esther fasted uh, because she was going to go before the king as well in a different type of scenario. David fasted. Moses fasted. I mean, I think you get the picture here uh, that it's it's it has tons of spiritual benefits. So that's the goal. And how it works is, you know, the Bible, here's what's difficult. The Bible says when you fast, but it doesn't say, here's how to fast. And so, you know, you read about Jesus's 40 day fast, you know, not many people can, can do that. Uh, we, we know that the early church fasted. Uh, we know that, you know, the Didache or the Didacte, however you want to pronounce it, uh, uh, early church writings, you know, fasting was a part of their lifestyle. Even John Wesley, the Methodist, a lot of the books I read on revival, uh, the, the precursor to revival has often been prayer and fasting. And so, but the Bible doesn't tell us how to do it. So that's where wisdom comes into play. That's where you seeking the Lord comes into play and asking God, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? I want you to direct me. You know, uh, I think it's, it's either Reese Howes or Hal Reese. I always get confused. I think it's Reese Howes. He was an intercessor during World War two, I believe could have been World War one. Um, but he would just eat like one meal a day and God blessed it, uh, and, powerful and profound ways. So, you know, water fasting is really the, biblically speaking, that's the the model because you're cutting off nourishment. So, you know, but that takes a little bit of wisdom. Um, but, but that's why we do it. The spiritual benefits are first and foremost, but there are huge, huge physical benefits as well. And that's why uh, we want to use wisdom. Uh, how do I know if God is calling me to fast? Again, you can put in your... Um, 
comments on Facebook and also Instagram, and I'll try to get to them or your questions in the comments. I'll try to get to them in a little bit. Um, but what were, what, what the question that came in, how do I know if God is calling me to fast? And that's, that's a, big question. I've struggled with that before. Um, even, even currently, you know, because you don't want to fast too much and become legalistic and rigid. It's like, you know, if I just do this, God will do this, but it's a spiritual discipline. That's very important. So my thought is this, the Bible says when you give, when you pray, when you fast. So it, many times we don't need to pray for something if it's already in the Bible, you know, Lord, should I give to this family in need? I don't know. Let me pray about it. Now that might be wise because you don't know if you'll be enabling them. You know, I, I'm assuming you understand that, but you know, should I pray about praying? No. Should I pray about fasting? No, you can, you can go into a fast. Hey, I'm just going to miss breakfast and lunch today. Lord, I'm going to seek you instead. And that's biblical. Uh, but if you start to get, you know, it becomes a work and it's, it's part of a routine or a ritual and not a powerful time with the Lord, then you want to, you know, break that off. My thought is we should have a fasted lifestyle. The reason I say that is because I don't think, um, I don't think we should just, okay, I'm going to fast this on January 1st, and then I'm going to pig out the rest of the year until January 1st comes around again. That's called giving into gluttony. That's called giving into the less of the flesh. So how do you know if God's calling you to fast? I would pray about it. I'm assuming this person means maybe an extended fast. Um, there's, there's times where God will confirm with dates or people will give you uh, just that word you need. It really, you know, I, hey, I feel God has put this in my heart that, I don't know, I mean, seven days, seven day water fast. And you've already been praying about that. You're asking for confirmation. So um, we do know that fasting is biblical. We do know that we are called to do it, even if you don't feel like it. And it's not something necessarily pray about because the Bible says, do it. What you need to pray about is how long, how often Lord, make sure my heart is right. So now I'm going to get into some of the um, practical uh, benefits about fasting on the physical side, because remember the spiritual and the physical are interwoven. So how I treat this and how you treat this affects us spiritually. And I'm going to talk about that this Sunday. You're hearing this on the Saturday. Listen to Sunday's message. Uh, the title is going to war in 24. So even if you're listening to this later, you can, um, uh, find that message going to war in 24. Obviously I'm talking about spiritual warfare and talking about how food affects our mood. Uh, my addiction will rust my breastplate of righteousness and it will, addiction will, will, will dull my sword of the spirit. And so the, the physical effects of spiritual. There's just no way around it. Now you can, you, you might not like that and you might, you know, throw a fit about it, but that's, that's just the truth. How we take care of our body greatly affects. And I think you're seeing that now the microbiome, they're finally discovering this like second brain, uh, the, the hormones and how hormones are affected. All of it is focused around God given food that we should be consuming. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the physical and the spiritual are interwoven. And somebody was asking me, why so much emphasis on fasting? I think I got this question too last week. Why so much emphasis on caffeine? Come on, Shane, give it a break. Well, you have to remember two things. Number one is I would ask first, are you convicted? Why, why does that bother you? It, it, pastoring for a lot of years now, uh, I know that most people are convicted and so they lash out. Why are you doing this? Why are you saying, well, if, if you don't have a problem, why are you, why are you concerned about that? Number one. Number two is, 
uh, because it's that time of year. Hello. It's New Year's resolutions. Hello. People are wanting you to try to get in shape. And, and when you feel better, when you look better, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm slimmer and not ca- caving into King's stomach, I feel incredible spiritually and mentally and emotionally. And we just want to help people. So it's that time of year. Of course, we're going to talk about a lot. You know, we're going to, people want to fast. It's New Year's resolutions. Um, and, uh, New Year's resolutions fail often because, you know, they're short term and we ha- need to have a long term, uh, um, lifestyle in mind. So that's why I talk about it a lot right now because that's what we're doing. And caffeine, you know, in moderation, I think a little bit in the morning is good. I've talked about this before. It disrupts sleep patterns. It's a drug. It actually is a drug. It's classified as a drug. It's a central nervous stimulant. So you're always intense. You're all, you're irritable very easy. You're, you're angry. You're aggressive because it puts your body in a fight or flight mode. It runs along the same biochemical pathways as opiates and heroin and different things. And so you just need to know that. And if you enjoy it and you're not convicted, great. Good for you. I just don't know why people have to go on and, and defend their coffee. And enjoy it. It's like an alcoholic defending, you know, a glass of wine. Just enjoy it if that's where God has you. I'm just speaking the truth to 99.99% of the other people who have a problem with it. And it's hurting their relationship with their families. It's hurting their relationship with others. It's fostering anxiety and depression and mood swings and not good sleep. So I want to help those people. So I don't know what to do with that other than, you know, maybe you're convicted or sometimes you can go hit the unfollow button and come back in a week and then follow the ministry then if it, if it's too much overemphasis on that. Um, the next question, again, you can put your questions in here and I'll try to get to them. Uh, in a little bit, if I get a chance here, uh, well, that's the point of this. So I got to go quickly. Um, how often should I fast? Is it okay to fast 48 hours every week? Well, again, I would, I would go back to the Lord. Um, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do? I think for health reasons, it's good to, um, fast, you know, maybe once a week, like a day a week would be a good, a good goal to shoot for. Uh, but again, are you on medication type two diabetes? Is intermittent fasting better? Uh, 48 hours every week. You know, I, I can't say again, I'm not, I'm not in a position to tell people what to do in this area, but they can take it to the Lord. Um, I think a 48 hour fast every week would be pretty cool for a while, especially if you have some, some weight to lose and you want to spend the weekend seeking God instead. You know, the phys- the spiritual comes first, but the physical components are pretty, pretty amazing. Um, does fasting help stomach acids or ulcers? Yes, it does. Absolutely. Because what creates issues of the stomach and ulcers often, it's, it's often well, stress, of course. And I, that's a whole different podcast, but the foods we consume, you know, acid, citrus types, fruits, you know, the food we consume causes a lot of these problems. So withdrawing from the food actually is going to help a lot of these, these problems that we have. Um, I'm a diabetic. How long can I fast? Again, that that's between you and the Lord and talking to your doctor. I mean, type one diabetes where you need insulin, you have to take insulin every day. Uh, insulin is a fat storage hormone where glucagon is the opposite of, of insulin. It helps with fat reduction. And so that's one problem with diabetes is especially type two is we're giving the body more of what we actually don't need, but because we're resistant to insulin because of too much garbage in our diet and uh, not a lot, a lot of, a lot of activity, we've got to push more insulin into the bloodstream to process the glucose and blood sugar. So uh, my question, I mean, my answer would be, um, I'm a diabetic. How long can I fast? Uh, again, you know, take it to the Lord, your doctor. Uh, it would depend though, type two diabetes, and it's not too bad. Maybe onset, you just, you're just now dealing with it. You're not on a lot of medication. Uh, are you on metformin or are you on some uh, other kind of medication? Because it can affect 
um, you know, liver production uh, of, of glucose with fasting. And so, um, but you can, you can Google Dr. Jason Fung. Dr. Jason Fung has a lot of videos. Dr. Berg, uh, Dr. Dr. Daniel Pompa, Peter Atia, Ben Greenfield, uh, Gary Brecka. You know, a lot of information on uh, intermittent fasting works really good for diabetes. It helps to lower, uh, lower their, their uh, blood sugar levels and it helps get them on the right path. Uh, but you have to be strategic. You have to be wise. If you're on medication, you know, it would be good maybe to wean off. I know that there are different, like uh, True North with Alan Goldhammer will get people off medication and then they will take them through fasting. So fasting is actually really good for a diabetic, type 2 diabetic, but you have to be strategic on how you do it. How severe is your blood glucose level? How much medication are you on? How healthy are you? I mean, there's there's so much in there I couldn't even really answer. Uh, taking electrolytes during a long fast, is that okay? Well, there's two schools of thought. Um, you know, I think of Alan Goldhammer and I think of Dr. Berg. They say completely the opposite on this. And what I have to do is I have to try to look through the lens of a biblical perspective. So technically, no, you wouldn't need to take uh, electrolytes because your body has enough stored vitamins, minerals, electrolytes. And as you're fasting, as the fat cells, especially being broken down, your body begins to assimilate these things and then it gives you. It gives your body the potassium, the sodium, uh, and the, the electrolytes that you need uh, in the right amounts. But that's why we feel sick sometimes and run down because we're not getting enough electrolytes. And so the thought is to give yourself electrolytes and then bring up that potassium level, that sodium level. Now you're feeling better. Okay, you balance that out. It's just a delicate balance because... You know, if you drink too much water, you're flushing out electrolytes. If you take in too many electrolytes, you could really, you know, throw the balance off. And remember, electrolytes have to do with electrical pulses. That's why the heart can sometimes have palpitations and things if the electrolyte balance is off. So it's it's really important. Again, I can't give medical advice. Um, personally, I don't have a problem with taking a, a minimal amount of electrolytes if I need to. You know, if I can tell I'm really run down, um, I, ju- I just need to get some sodium in my system. But also from a biblical perspective, you know, they would take water often, you know, running down off of rocks in the mountains. And that's actually where you get a lot of trace minerals um, and things like that from the soil. And so because we're not doing that now, does that mean we need to supplement our diet more with these things? And, and possibly so. So personally, I try to go as long as I can without electrolytes. But if I need to, you know, take some to feel better and preach or something, I will definitely do that. Um, I'm on dialysis. What can I eat? What about fasting? Okay, I would, again, point you back to your physician, do a little research on this. As many of you know, dialysis is taking out the blood through a system, a filtering system, uh, because the kidneys can't function well, and it's cleaning the blood and then putting it back in the body. So that, uh, I would be eating very clean, whole whole life-giving food, um, but I don't know how, you know, as the blood is moving through and being cleaned, how your diet is going to affect that. I, I, I would be careful because, you know, um, but I have seen people on dialysis. I once went and prayed with a guy. Uh, actually, he was going to get off of dialysis and he knew he would only have about a week left and he was just done with it. And I prayed with him. But, you know, he's eating fast food all the time. He's overweight. And I just wonder, I wonder how much he could have really helped his body had he cleaned up his diet and uh, just even began walking and things like that more. Um, can I fast when I'm on medications? Again, put in your comments. Uh, if you're watching this later on any of the social media uh, outlets, you can put in comments, and I'll try to get to them in a future podcast, but this is live right now on January 6th, uh, and we are in the process of releasing my book, 
uh, feasting and fasting, one chapter at a time. So what I want you to do is go to Rumble, not YouTube. YouTube took chapter one off within four hours of us putting it on. I don't know why. So chapter one, the spiritual benefits of fasting is available right now on Rumble at my page and the church page right now on Rumble. Okay. So go to that, hear about the spiritual benefits of fasting, and hopefully that will help a little bit. And again, you can put your comments and I'll try to get to them. Uh, fasting on medication. Again, you know, you have to do some research. It depends what medication. Are you taking Coumadin? for blood thinner? Are you taking statin drugs for um, lowering cholesterol? Um, and so, and, and see, let's say, you're, let's say you're taking high blood pressure medication. It's lowering the blood pressure 120 over 80. 120, I think, is the, the pressure when the heart is beating. The 80 is the pressure when the heart is at rest, and there's still pressure in the blood, blood uh, the heart as well. So that's what that's about. So you want that low, And if your medication is keeping it low and you start fasting, especially water fasting or minimal amounts of food, Buchenheimer in Germany has a great, uh, great website or great uh, podcast as well about those who want to go in around 250, 300 calories. You'll still stay in ketosis, I believe. Dr. Walter Longo talks about this at USC as well. Um, so anyway, you're lowering it with, with medication and fasting is also lowering it. And then you have a problem. So personally, it depends on the medication I'm on. I would talk to my physician. I would, I would, I would wean off of destructive food, caffeine and sugar and processed foods. And I would try to just kind of, you know, see how I feel and, and what medication can I watch and, and maybe slowly progress towards weaning yourself off under medical supervision, of course. So those are the ones that just came in recently. I want to go on and ask uh, you to put your question in, and I'm going to start with um, uh, Facebook, and then I'll go here to Instagram. So you still have an opportunity to ask your question. Uh, Angie, good question. What about headaches? I have migraines, and when I fast, it brings on a migraine, and sometimes I have to break my fast early. Early, this is just, um, this is just with the one day fast, possible electrolytes. Um, you know, that's a, uh, migraines. I mean, that's a whole nother, issue on what causes them. And I'm sure, I'm sure you sound, you know, pretty health conscious. I'm sure you've experimented with different foods, uh, and, and food types, um, different types of diets to see what brings it on. I mean, caffeine, you know, the first thought I had is, is is, if you stop caffeine, it's going to bring on a headache for a few days. Um, but I wouldn't say, you know, having a headache the first day is due to electrolytes. That sounds more like, um, and we have to remember not feeling good is going to be a a process of, of the fast. So again, it depends how bad the, the uh, headache is. Um, you know, can you, can you weather the storm for a day and then try to get just a good night's sleep and then see how you feel in the morning? That's kind of what I would do, uh, depending on how, how bad you feel. Or can you take just a little bit of, um, maybe some juice to offset it? So that way you're still a minimal calories. Um, but again, I, I would take that one to the Lord for sure. And then Avery, yes, Dr. Berg is good for keto. Um, you know, there's different diets out there. I, I talk about this in the fasting book as well that we're releasing. Um, I just look at what the Bible says. So when it comes to meat and dairy, I look at what the Bible says. I just saw a, a ridiculous video yesterday on plants are trying to kill you. No, they're not. No, they're not. The phytochemicals in plants are, are, are warding off insects, but they have a very good, very good, um, effect on the body. I think it's called Hormesis, hormesis, 
Uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that's true. You can look up, I think, David Sinclair, Dr. David Sinclair talks about this. When plants are stressed, the phytochemicals that they produce is very good for our body. And that's why cold water therapy is really popular right now, because it, it shocks the body. It shocks the body. And, and getting out in the heat, sauna, running and jog, you know, you've got to do hard things. The body the body has to be challenged. And, and the more you taxi, believe it or not, fasting puts the body in a uh not a restful state something i mean you do rest but tax a fasting and exercise are actually um uh i don't even know what the right word is they are um they're they're hard on the body and so what happens is there's an immune response and that's where the benefits of fasting come from and the healing properties take place. And so, um, anyway, now I will go to Instagram. There's, uh, I don't know if I'll get to all of them. I'm going to try to. So put your question in the Instagram and we'll look at the next one on, um, let's see. How do I keep my mind from a legalistic mentality? I think that's, that's, you know, for a lot of us that fast, we have to be very, very careful. Legalism. Legalism is um, basically I'm following these rules or I'm doing this ritual and uh, God, you know, you better come through. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty spiritual. I'm a spiritual guy. Look how often I fast like the Pharisee. I fast to what do you say twice a week and this sinner doesn't. And so legalistic really is a mindset. So wisdom and legalism run close parallels together. Uh, they do because wisdom tells me to fast. Wisdom tells me to do certain things. But if I do them with the wrong heart and for the wrong reason, then wisdom becomes legalism. So what I try to do is, Lord, keep me humble. Keep me broken. Do you want me to fast? Do you want me to take a break? I even I might take a break from fasting for a while because I've done a lot over the last couple of years seeking the Lord, writing books. Um, and so that's what I do. Legalism is a mental uh, a mental battle. And saying humble and broken, saying, Lord, I'm not going to judge others. I, I, I just, I just want more of you. I know you don't love me more, but I sure love you more when I'm fasting. And it's just, you just take those thoughts captive and you get back to humility and make sure you're not doing something works based. Um, because that will definitely, you know, that will definitely, um, turn into legalism. Can you drink tea while fasting or just water? Okay. Well, here's, um, Here's where this takes an interesting turn. Why is a person fasting? So if a person is fasting, let's say they've got stage three cancer and they're fasting, um, then they want to go deep. They want the healing to go deep. And so if you start bringing in uh, different teas with sweetener um, or caffeine, you know, it's it's a little bit counterproductive. Um, so it depends on what type of tea. Uh, if you're talking herbal tea. Then, um, you know, no, no sweetener, herbal tea, you know, that, that's many people recommend that. Or one reason why they don't is because there are electrolytes. There are vitamins and nutrients in that tea. So what happens is you're fasting, let's say water only. And now you have some tea and now you're introducing some phytochemicals and some nutrients and some things in the body's, you know, okay, going to utilize that. And, and so it kind of can, can put things off kilter, depending on how deep you're going, how serious you're going with your fast. But yeah, sometimes I will drink tea myself, even green tea. The key is to not put anything in it. They said because it will kick you out of ketosis. However, you know, a lot of people say and teach that something like MCT oil or cream in your coffee won't kick you out of ketosis. And technically they're right because to get ketosis is when your body is out of carbohydrates and now it's burning fat as fuel ketone bodies. So 
you know, a little bit of, of fat uh, is, 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 is not going to kick you out of that. Um, it, it, that fat will be converted, I believe, and, and different things could happen. But um, even a little bit of juice, like at Buchenheimer, Willing, Buchenheimer Wilhelmly, I think it's pronounced in Germany, they have people on a little bit of juice and soup, keep them under, under 300 calories a day with amazing results and keep them in ketosis. And so it's a balancing act. Too much food and then you knocked out of ketosis. Also introducing um, even MCT oils and cream in your coffee, things like that could slow down autophagy. Because now your body has the cream and the MCT oil, so it will stop getting fuel from other areas, uh, cancer tumors or plaque in the arteries, and it will begin to uh, consume what you just had. So you have to be careful there too. Personally, I try. I I, I don't get too crazy about it. I'm. I just you know how am I feeling, Lord? Is it okay to have some herbal tea? Uh, even like uh, a couple of people recommend a little bit of honey. Wow, 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 that's going to knock you out of key. Well, what are your goals? I mean, if at the end of 30 days, I'm down 25 pounds and I feel incredible, I've done some deep autophagy and some incredible ketosis has taken place. I've, I've, I've feel great spiritually. My blood pressure is down. Am I going to complain? I had a little honey. Absolutely not. Now on the flip side, you know, true, true fasters will say, well, that's not fasting. You broke your fast. I mean, okay, technically you did, but I'm not trying to please you. I'm trying to please God. So I'm not really concerned about the opinions of others. Number one, number two is yes. If you can avoid those things, the cleaner you can go, the better, you know, the cleaner you, you can just stick with water, uh, the better for sure. But again, we're so diluted and polluted and malnourished in our culture today that water fasting, I think it was a lot easier back when, you know, we weren't addicted to so many different things. And then the next question, um, again, put them in, in Facebook here or Instagram. I'll try to get to them. Um, how can you help with, with, with the withdrawal feelings? How can you help with withdrawals, uh, when you withdraw? So, um, again, I, I talk about this in my books so you can look. Uh, uh, the book, Help, I'm Addicted. Help, I'm Addicted. I think I actually just, we put that on, on audio recently. So this one, Help, I'm Addicted. Um, it has a whole chapter on withdraws and you can actually go to the church website, Westside Christian Fellowship, westsidechristianfellowship.org and re begin reading it now. Westsidechristianfellowship.org under free eBooks, click the PDF and start reading it now on withdraws. But the short answer is, um, you, you can't really do much because that's kind of the process of detoxing. However, you can really minimize it by weaning off of caffeine, processed foods, meat and dairy and sugar before, before you begin your fast. Although not, that's not, uh, doable for everyone. Uh, can you fast while you're nursing? Um, I would not fast because the baby needs, uh, all the nutrients it can get or he or she can get. Um, so I would not fast if I were, well, I can't be pregnant, right? Regardless of what society says. Uh, if you're pregnant, if you're nursing, um, you know, malnourished and very, very slender, not a lot of reserves on you. Cause remember fasting is, is really a, a process by which your body switches and it begins to gluconeogenesis. It switches over to fat, um, for consumption through the ketone bodies. Uh, so I, I wouldn't, I would not fast while you're nursing, but I would definitely 
I would be eating very clean, very healthy, because remember what you eat, the baby also consumes via the milk. When the milk is is broken down and created, the vitamins, the minerals, the chemicals, all those things that you're consuming are going to find their way to the milk because the milk is a byproduct of consumption as well. So I would, you could actually do a very good form of fasting. Okay. I'm just eating whole life giving God given foods. I would not be having caffeine. Uh, if, if you're, if you're nursing alcohol, uh, you know, red, red 40, blue 30, whatever those food colorings, artificial flavoring, sodium nitrates, you know, organic f- food and veg- fruit and vegetables, you know, pesticides free of pesticides and herbicides, pesticides keep out the pests. And then herbicides are like glyphosate roundup, which are, which are not good, healthy. So you could actually do a form of fasting. Uh, I would call it the clean fast. Maybe that would help too. Uh, do you know anything about fasting? Uh, when a woman is having her cycle, I would actually, um, I would research that a little bit because I, yeah, I don't want to speak to that. Just thinking out loud, I don't think fasting would harm that in any way. Again, depending what kind of fast, uh, are you getting electrolytes and things like that? You're not losing enough blood where it's going to affect, uh, health at all, really, um, how can you help with the withdrawal feelings? Oh yeah, feeling cold, shaky, and nauseous. Well, if you want, if you're going to push through, normally if you feel if you feel really bad, I mean, most recommend you know stopping the fast. However, the irony is we feel pretty bad when we're fasting, and that's the detox portion of the fast. And it's actually good sometimes to get through it, knowing okay, my body's cleaning itself. However, I don't want to recommend that. Um, especially feeling cold is normal. Shaky and nausea, not having not uh, you're, you're nauseous. Um, you know that it, that could be maybe some electrolytes would not a lot, maybe just a scoop of of like pure amino. It's called pure amino electrolytes. You can probably find any type at a health food store. Just make sure there's not a lot of sugar, especially aspartame. Uh, there's some there, I have uh, some drops, just just vitamins and trace vitamins and minerals, and there may some electrolytes in a, in a drop. Uh, that you mix with water, you could see if that helps, but it depends how bad, uh, I mean, do, do you have, do you have to watch your kids and have, care for them or can you lay down for the day? I mean, that, that, that really depends on, on you and where you're at. Um, let's see. Oh, thoughts on the Douglas Graham 80, 10, 10 method. I don't really know much about that. Um, I'm assuming, I mean, I could be wrong, but is it 80%? Carbs, 10% protein, 10% fat. Um, I'm not sure on the 80-10-10. Um, however, I would just encourage you on all those diets. I mean, you know, they're, the diet industry is huge. The, the, the keto diet is really the Atkins diet, kind of repackaged. Carnivore diet's a little bit new, uh, for sure. But what does the Bible say? What, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that plants are really good. Actually, God created us to eat plants. He goes, I, Adam, I give you all of these plants to consume. And then 1500 years later, after the flood, Noah's exiting the ark. God says, okay, now I'm going to give you uh, meat, but here's how you are to eat it. And then we see dairy. We see the, the Israelites making curds, uh, curds and butter. We see lands flowing with milk and honey, whether it's actual milk. I'm not sure, but I know it's actual honey. Uh, and so God given food, berries and, and beans are incredible. Uh, 
You know, but lectins, 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 lect, listen, lectins, you'd have to eat a lot of lectins to cause any damage. And you, you might want to research it more. You know, if you have, uh, 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 something going on in your gut, you know, you want to, you want to be careful. But to me, beans are very nutritious. Uh, if, especially if you cook them, what it does to the lectin, how it removes it or disarms it, I should say. You can look at Dr. Joel Furman. If you want more information on this, uh, watch Dr. Joel Furman on this topic. And again, all these guys are, d- 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 divided. I've got this incredible physician saying plant-based only. I've got this one saying, you know, no meat and dairy. And pl- it's, it's like, you just got to say, you know what, what does the Bible say? And that's where you're going to be able to keep grounded, stay grounded and make the right decision. Really, it, you know, weight loss. The reason we, we weigh more is we eat a lot of junk food and we don't move as much as we used to. And I do think we need to be more sensitive to carbohydrates. You know, we're not walking 10, 12 miles a day like they used to. And they could get away with more carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are the main source of energy for the body. That's what the body chooses. But you can too much and you can become insulin resistant. You can become resistant to insulin. And you want to be sensitive to insulin. Uh, you don't want to be resistant to it. So, But you can change a lot of things with prayer and re, re, uh, changing your diet. You can do some incredible things. Um, what do you recommend on not going back to bad food habits after a fast? Advice for how to eat at gatherings and parties? Yeah, I have to struggle with that. I really won't, shouldn't call it a struggle. I should call it more of you know a lifestyle choice I made. Um, well, the good thing about not going back to uh, bad habits after you fast is the fasting will set you up. Uh, it's like a reset. And so it's a reset and you just, the same discipline required to stay on the fast is the same discipline you need to continue on a healthy diet, uh, and healthy program. And Hey, you have some chocolate chip cookies. Oh, well, I'm going to get back on track. You know, I, I, I don't eat hundred percent good all the time. Um, you know, obviously I'll have, uh, I do pretty good, but you know, for me, I just feel better. I, I, people like, Oh, you're not having fun. You're having pizza. No, I don't feel very good. I want to, I want to take a nap. I'm not very, I'm moody food affects me. And so I think I'm just being a better steward of my body. And it's not about not having fun. I actually have a lot of fun when I'm eating good and fasting and, and controlling my appetites or rather, rather than allowing my appetites to control me. Um, and so, yeah, at gatherings and parties, it depends how many you go to. Um, usually, you know, when I go, I'll plan on, you know, if it's a birthday party, maybe I'll have a couple bites of a cake. You know, but I want or a muffin or something, but I won't have a lot. Um, or some of you, you know, if you choose to have nothing, you know, that's, that's fine too. You know, you have comments from people, um, which, you know, I've, I've tons of, especially because I do what I do. People make fun of me all the time at church. Oh, don't eat a Snickers bar in front of Shane. <laughs> it's like constantly, but I get it. You know, I know. Um, uh, and so usually, believe it or not, I eat before I go there. So it j- just happened recently. I had a huge salad, huge salad with a lot of black beans, organic black beans and some avocado, tomatoes, um, an organic tortilla with some salsa. And I was full. I felt good. I got there. Wasn't even really that hungry at all. Um, and so that being strategic, being wise, um, you know, and using discipline, but also not being so rigid to where, you know, you can't enjoy the party. I mean, at the parties though, I won't have, I, I don't drink soda. Uh, just, just is way too sweet for me. I won't have a lot of sweets. Um, and also sometimes at parties, they've got some nuts out, you know, nuts can be a really good choice. Um, but again, I think most of them are going to have canola oil on them or safflower oil or seed oils because they use those cheap seed oils, uh, in order to make the sodium stick. So, you know, I don't know how technical you want to get because I could get, I could get really technical. Um, just went out to, to lunch with some friends 
and uh, I ordered uh, a salad, grilled chicken breast on it, the salad. And, uh, you know, it was like, wow, people probably think, wow, that's pretty healthy. Well, actually, you know, if you know, the salad probably wasn't organic. So there's a lot of pesticides in that salad. The chicken probably wasn't organic. So it probably maybe contained some GMO food that the chicken ate in this cramped up cage, maybe some and some antibiotics or hormones. I don't think chickens can have hormones right now, depending on California law. Uh, and then the salad dressing, probably full of seed oil. So me, I see uh, that uh, that's not really healthy, but you know, it's a better option. Um, and it, 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 it's kind of a blessing and a curse when the more, you know, right, you gotta, you gotta, uh, make different decisions, but I don't get carried. I don't get carried away. Uh, try not to, obviously, obviously on this side of heaven, it's, it's impossible to find a perfect balance. You're probably going to either tilt toward bad food, junk food, kind of loss of control, gluttony, or you're going to gravitate towards, you know, maybe too hardcore, uh, think of David Goggins kind of guy, right? You know, just too hardcore, not going to let anything, anything touch these lips. It is not, you know, whatever. And, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that's kind of hard too, because you want to push your kids away. Gr- granted, most of my kids are following my, my, my approach and my wife's approach of eating healthy. So that's good. But I think trying to find that healthy balance is good. But for some of us that put on weight easy, for some of us that are struggling, maybe pre-diabetic, you know, we do have to draw lines in the sand and not feel ashamed about that whatsoever. I will draw lines in the sand and I do not care if God is wanting me to really dial my health in. Um, Let's see what what is the right thing to eat after fasting. You can do some research on this. It depends how long the fast is. I mean, if you're talking a couple of days, I mean, n- not much. If you're talking a week, you know, you really want to give it a few days of what they call refeeding because you want to avoid refeeding syndrome. Refeeding syndrome is when you've fasted for seven days or 10 days. Um, I remember even when I went, I did a 40 day fast. You can find it on Amazon Prime. You can even find it. I think you still on YouTube or a rumble rumble. Go to rumble. Find it there. It's called 40 day uh, pastors, 40 day fasting journey. And I went days and days and days without anything. But then sometimes I have a little bit of juice. Um, sometimes I had a little bit of, of some nuts. And so when it was over, I thought, oh, I can start eating again. Oh, no, 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 sir. Boy, oh boy, did I pay the price. Um, even, even having a little bit now and then, it kept your gut bacteria, your microbiome at a very uh, low level. And the stomach probably closed up a little bit. So you have to be very careful. So I would recommend coming off your fast, you start with some light fruit juice, mix it with water, some freshly squeezed orange juice, maybe mix it with some water. A couple hours later, some more. Maybe the next day, try some slices of, of that orange, some watermelon, uh, maybe a little bit of soup and bone broth. You know, you just have to use wisdom. It's actually going to be harder, harder to restrain the body, I believe, in the refeeding phase than it is to begin the fast. So you have to be really careful. Um, is chicken, I don't know what that is, tequila masala, a good choice for a fasting food? Um, I don't. It depends. What do you mean by fasting? Um, Because when you're fasting, you're not eating food. So if you're talking about like intermittent fasting, um, yeah, I'm not really sure. But when if your if your type of fast consumes food, you want to have it in moderation, not very much, um, and you want to make sure it's healthy, God given. So is the chicken? uh, I would personally take a. a, I would stop eating meat and dairy and anything like that during a fast because it's, you know, the cleaning effects of, of juicing and health and uh, not a lot of juice because it has fructose and sugar. That's a whole nother podcast. But I would, I would make sure the chicken is very clean and minimal amount. If you do go that route, um, 
Let's see here. Oh, yeah, okay. If you get irritable when you're fasting, it kind of defeats the spiritual aspect. Yeah, that is so true. Um, but to me, it's part of the part of the journey. You know, the first couple of days, you know, it, you're going to be moody. Um, you might want to make sure you're off of work. And it does defeat the spiritual aspects. But I've noticed over the years that fasting, normally, normally the spiritual benefits come later. Uh, it's delayed gratification. Sometimes I'll wake up and worship is just incredible. My heart is just broken before the Lord, you know, maybe on day three or day four or something. And it just feels incredible. But then the next day is difficult. Next day, that's why it's faith and trust and persevering, even when there's challenges. And then often, not always, often the spiritual benefits come after the fast. Uh, can you start off with intermittent fasting? Uh, if you're new to fasting, yes, I would actually recommend that. That's a great idea. Even, even some, some juice. And with juicing, you don't have a lot of, of fruit. You know, like if I have a cup of juice, it's going to be maybe 50 calories, you know, 60 calories. That's it. Not the normal 120 and mix it with some water. You mix some greens in there. It's not to give you this burst of sugar from fructose. The juice is actually just to provide a minimal amount of nutrients. So you don't, you don't get sick. So you don't want to have a lot of, 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 um, uh, sugar. And a lot of the stores now have organic cold pressed juices, which are really good. Organic means they're free of pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and then cold pressed means it wasn't heated. Uh, in the pasteurization process, that's a whole nother, I think juice shouldn't be pasteurized. So that's why you want to, you know, do it at home. But the cold press process, if they do it right, retains a lot of the nutrient value. Uh, let's see here. A couple more questions I can get to. Um, let's see here. So if you have any other questions, say what they are now in comments or forever hold your peace. I'm going to go to Facebook real quick. Uh, what about dry fasting? Dry fasting. I knew that com comment would come up. Uh, dry fasting, you know, um, I think that was an Esther fast, dry fasting. So I'm going to tell you the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good is with dry fasting where you're not drinking any water, you're actually not touching water. You're not going swimming. You're not going in a shower because you're your skin is an organ and it will absorb some of that, that water. Um, that's why you want to be careful with lotions and deodorants and things like that that can be harmful. So dry fasting, there's no water. So now my fat cells explode a lot quicker. Uh, and you go deeper into uh, autophagy where the body's cleaning itself. You go deeper into apoptosis where some of the cells just, ex just commit suicide because of, and it's just, it's an intense, um, an intense type of fasting. So because of that, I don't really encourage people to do it because I, again, medical disclaimer, I don't know. I mean, if you're, if they're, if they're, if they're lacking nutrients already, um, that water and that hydration could actually be the very thing they need, especially if they're not doing distilled water, they're having some water with, with electrolytes or actually trace minerals in it. That would really help them out. Um, so, but I do know people have went a couple of days with dry fasting. So it was really hard, um, but really beneficial. Um, so the good, the bad, and the ugly, the good is there are some health benefits. Uh, I've done it before at 12 hours, like 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. And uh, it's not easy. I don't know how people do it a whole day or two uh, because you're literally, you're almost putting it, the body in a very stressful state beyond what you should be doing. 
Um, however, if, you know, God's put out in your heart, Hey, I'm just not going to do anything this weekend for two days. You know, I, I, I wouldn't go past three days at all. Um, but there are some great benefits. However, there's some pretty big cautions and concerns. And so that's why I usually do not encourage people to do that, but you can experiment, you know, try five hours, six hours uh, of doing that. So, um, the next one here um, is fasting completely, no food or giving up something. Again, you need to, uh, I would encourage you to take it to the Lord because there are different types of fasts. But if you want to talk about the biblical fast in the Bible, especially in the Hebrew, you can look up the word, do a word study. It means, <clears throat> it literally means shutting the mouth. So there's no nutrients. So 90% of the time in the Bible, uh, it was not eating um, or, or uh, eating anything. It wasn't having any juice. It wasn't having some tea. It was just water only, nothing else. Uh, and that's, that's typically what fasting is. Um, so, you know, even uh, that's why I don't call it the Daniel fast because Daniel didn't say he was fasting. When Daniel fasted, he would do water only. But what he said is, I'm avoiding the king's delicacies because I don't want, you know, the meat sacrificed to idols, the wine. And he ate vegetables and he looked much better. And that's, that's a great, and that's why we call it, I call it the Daniel healthy eating program. Uh, because it's not, it's not really fasting, but tons of benefits. If you want to do it, go for it. If God put that on your heart, go for it. Uh, it's hard. It's not easy. Try cutting out everything bad. You know, it's, it's no, no joke, but fasting in the Bible means to shut the mouth and take in no nutrients. So I would take it to the Lord and see how that, how long, maybe try it for 12 hours and, uh, and, and, and prayer and, and see. You know what God wants you to do. Um, Waterloo drinks, um, carbonated water that, you know, the, the, the health experts recommend, um, uh, not having carbonated water. And the reason, I mean, we can get into CO2 on the, the, the process and, and you're putting all that carbon, carbonated water into your gut, gut. And it's just, it's really the bubblies and it's just not probably a good idea. However, with that said, have I had uh, a few of those drinks when I'm fasting? Yeah. Usually I'll drink like maybe just two ounces, three ounces, and then I'll put the rest in a container to seal it so I don't lose the carbonation and then drink it over the next day or two. If I go that route, I would make sure it's organic. Uh, what are the, the, these, these natural or artificial flavors in them? You know, those could not be good. Um, what about the, the aluminum lining, you know, are you taking in, so it's just, it's just wise if possible, but yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely have one of those or not one of those, maybe two or three ounces of a carbonated drink. Uh, like my wife says, it takes the edge off and it, it does help. And, and I'd rather get through my fast and have a couple of Waterloo drinks or whatever you call them, the, the, uh, the carbonated waters than you know, fell at my fast and, uh, and not have done that. So, uh, let's see here. Do you need to do a workout regimen uh, when you're fasting? Is there any recommendations? Um, again, it depends on the fast. That's why it's hard to answer. You know, so if you're talking water only, I wouldn't, I wouldn't work out at all uh, because you're supposed to be when you're when you're fasting water only. You're supposed to be resting. Uh, here's why it's so important. Uh, I remember reading a book. I think it was called. Um, yeah, I don't want to say the name in case I forget it. It was actually written by an evangelist in the 1960s, I believe. Fasting your way to health. No, probably not that one. I have to, I have to look it up. Maybe, um, I, I see it right now. I can picture the cover <clears throat> and I don't remember his name, but he fasted 28 days, water only. 
and lost 44 pounds. And he was like, oh man, it was, it was good. I'm like, ah, that's not real good because you can only, you're, you're, you can only lose a certain amount of weight. Um, fat, you know, fat is 3,500 calories. So you're burning about a half a pound of fat a day. So that would be best about a half a pound a day. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to lose six, seven, eight pounds initially. But then after that, it shouldn't be that much. And what happened, what, what happened to him is he was very active. I think he, you know, worked in the garden, went fishing. Uh, he was preaching still. And so what happens is your body, you know, needs this energy quickly. So it will break down your muscle. Uh, and it's called, it's something called gluconeogenesis, creating glucose out of nothing. The word Genesis, right? And so he was actually breaking down. Boy, it sounds like he might have lost a good 10, 12 pounds of muscle, um, during that. And that's why the, I don't work out much water fasting because what, what, what's going to repair that muscle? I, I mean, I have no nutrients, no amino acids to put into that muscle. Uh, to repair it after working out. And I might, you know, my body needs some quick energy. It, it might break down the muscle of fuel and be counterproductive. However, if you're talking about fasting, uh, working out after three days or five days, like Thomas, D- Thomas DeLauer, you know, he talks about that. Uh, there's other guys where your growth hormone levels are really high and that's an optimal time to work out. Me personally, it's a time of rest. Uh, but I might go on a walk or different things or maybe, maybe a light workout, some stretching, but you know, you, you definitely want to keep all that in mind too. When it comes to uh, working out, oh, I'm glad this question came in uh, on Facebook too. Uh, if you have any questions about this, let me know. I'm going to see if there's uh, new comments coming in on Facebook. But why is organic more more food expensive? Uh, that's a good question. I often say when I teach on health and fitness, um, we should be asking why is bad food so cheap. That should be our question. But the reason is. Um, let's say you've got, you know, 20 acres of peaches and you spray the peaches with for, uh, herbicides, fungicides, uh, and, and, and to get rid of all the insects, all the weeds, if they're glyphosate, are the GMO ready? So the glyphosate in the roundup doesn't hurt them. You know, that's a whole nother topic. That's what GMOs, you got want to be careful. So they can, they can harvest 10 acres of fruit. And because they're harvesting 10 acres of fruit, they can sell it at a lower price. So organic, you know, normally means certified organic, and they're not using a lot of these chemicals. So they're going to lose probably 20% of their crop because they can't save it. The animals are going to get to it, the insects. So out of that 10 acres, they're only going to be able to sell eight acres of food. Not only that, it's more expensive, I think, you know, to to farm that way. And so therefore, the, the peach, a pound of peach, peaches pound of peaches, that kind of stuff, is going to cost more than the the pound of peaches from a non-organic farm. But when it comes to organic, you you want to be strategic. You can find some incredible deals on organic beans. Um, and sometimes I won't buy organic avocados or bananas, you know, trying to save money. Um, but also, like I walked into Sprouts the other day and they had organic blueberries, a big pack for like, uh, you know, $3.99. It was like $3 off. So that's when you buy a whole bunch and put some in your freezer, you know, and so um, that's why it's more expensive. Um, how do you budget with a bigger family? Okay, well, this is this is important. So I figured it out one time um, years ago. If we took out the, the trips to Starbucks, you know, you, you take out the fancy drinks and you, maybe a treat now and then and the pops that you have or you take out, you know, re- remove the Chick-fil-A and the in-out burger. Uh, don't stop by AM, PM for this, this and that. 
and this extra chocolate thing at night. And, and if you take all that out, you can easily, easily, without a shadow of a doubt, find an extra three or $400 for healthy food. No questions asked. Easy. I've done it. I've seen people do it. Um, we just have to remove the other things that are costing a lot of money. Okay. So, um, but it is hard. And, um, if you don't go organic, uh, even on, on some things, you can wash them really well. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if you, if you can't do it and you just eat normal vegetables, that's okay. There's some research to back this up, but eating, you know, washing as good as you can, eating non-organic blueberries or strawberries, but they are sprayed, heavily sprayed. So just keep that in mind. Or let's, let's say a mango or something. Um, and then vegetables, you know, you, you couldn't buy, buy organic. You're on a budget eating those vegetables and fruit, even though they're not, not organic is much, 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 much better than eating junk food. Okay. So a lot of people say, well, I can't buy organic. I'll just go get junk food. No, that, that, what that junk food is going to do to you is way worse than what the glyphosate from the pesticide is going to do to you, especially if it's minimal amount, especially because your liver and kidney can, can process it and remove it and clean your body. And so that's why I don't get too carried away about it, you know, but, um, you definitely want to choose, you know, organic when you can, especially when it comes to meat, you know, grass fed and grass finished. Um, because they can really pump up the, the cow with a lot of hormones and, and things like that, uh, if they need to. So, uh, any more questions on that topic? Uh, if you guys go back, you'll, you can listen to the beginning. There's a lot of questions that came in at the beginning that might help you on your fasting journey. And of course, uh, my book on fasting, I think, I don't know if I have, I, we just read it and we put it on, uh, it's going to be on Audible pretty soon, but I might have took it. So this one I just have now, Help, I'm Addicted. This is all available as well on, um, you can find this on YouTube, all the chapters in there as well. That will answer a lot of the questions on addiction and fasting and things like that. So I'm going to give it just another minute here. Uh, want to keep it under an hour. If you have any questions, uh, shoot those real quick on the comments. I'm going to try to go through briefly and see. There's. I hope I didn't miss any of the ones here on uh, Instagram, how long to fast? I know that one comes in sometimes. Um, you know, again, that depends on you and the Lord. What is he calling you to do? What type of fast? What's your schedule like? Are you mom with kids at home? Uh, things like that. So I am going to tune out. Double check here just for some last minute comments, especially when it comes to fasting or fitness or diary related things. Uh, will I be coming out with any new books soon? I do have a couple I want to work on, like knowing God's will, but it's just finding the time to do it is, is what's the challenging part right now. So, all right, everyone, I hope that helped. If you're coming in late, uh, go back and rewind to the beginning. I answered uh, a lot of questions already, probably, I don't know, three or four dozen questions already came in from the beginning. And, um, you know, that th those will help you as well. I will get this couple last ones that came in. Can you drink too much water? Absolutely, you can drink too much water. I'm glad you asked that. Um, because what if you drink too much water, what's it do? You drink the water and it's flushed out into your urine. And if you're drinking too much, oh, I got to have a gallon a day. No, you don't, because that, you're going to be forcing out and pushing out a lot of electrolytes. Um, and so you want to be careful uh, not to... Um, drink too much water. So what I do is I 
drink about what my body needs, what my body desires. Uh, so if I'm feeling thirsty, I'll drink some water, but I'm not going to go out of my way to drink water. Did you know that there have been people who have died because they drank too much water? They flooded their system. I remember a, a, a radio station here in California, I think, um, had a contest who could drink, uh, the, uh, the most water and the lady died at the hospital when they got her there because it was, it was just too late. And so even a good thing, you know, can be a bad thing if it's not in moderation. So anyway, hope that helped everyone. Again, you can download all my books for free, all my books for free at Westside Christian Fellowship and all these questions and many, many more are there as well. And they should help you uh, as well. All right, guys. Thank If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidelman.com. Again, that's shaneidelman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.